welcome back to the CLS West podcast, Catalyst. My name is Thad, and today I'm going to be reading a scripture study over two passages of scripture, um, which were for the 17th, um, which are Galatians 3 and Proverbs 4. Uh, You might be wondering, why am I doing two passages this time instead of just one? Well, um, Job is done on the Bible reading plan. Um, We're done reading through Job. And also we're concluding Job at our Sunday night gathering on the 20th. So yeah, that is why I'm going to be doing two passages today. And I'm going to read through both of them. And then I'm going to break down each one. It's going to be a great time, so buckle up. Uh, Here we go. We're going to start. Um, This is Proverbs 4. This is the word of the Lord. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I, too, was once my father's son tenderly loving as my mother's only child. My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do and whatever else you do develop good judgment if you prize wisdom she will make you great embrace her and she will honor you she will place a lovely wreath on your head she will present you with a beautiful crown my child listen to me and do as i say and you will have a long good life I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter until the full light of the day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech, and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a path for your feet, 
stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So yeah, that is Proverbs 4. Um, I'm going to go ahead and break it down right now, and then we'll move on to Galatians 3. So in Proverbs 4, the call to listen to wisdom is repeated often in the book of Proverbs, uh, especially in the early chapters like this one. Um, So here Solomon continues to urge this perspective. Uh, He speaks to his sons, which might suggest he's speaking to a wider group of uh, of people such as students, um, kind of like you guys. That would be kind of weird if one of us got up on in the middle, in the front of everybody and said, uh, my children, listen to me, or my sons, my daughters, listen to me. Um, that'd be kind of weird if we did that. But here Solomon is speaking, uh, he might be speaking to a wider group of students um, of his. Uh, the first part of this passage explains the benefits of godly wisdom. In the way it provides defense against the consequences associated with sin. And Solomon then moves on to a series of do and do not comments. A life of sin is something to be actively avoided, not just passively ignored. Let me say that again. A life of sin is something to be actively avoided, not just passively ignored. Those walking in worldly worldly sin are portrayed as trapped and miserably addicted to their own depravity. What's being discouraged here is the example of the evil, meaning those who choose sin over wisdom. And where do we get wisdom from? We get wisdom from God. They are like people trying to walk on a jagged, difficult, dark path. In contrast, those who follow the path of righteousness, the path of the righteous also, uh, walk in bright light and security. In contrast, those who follow the path of righteousness walk in bright light and security. And then this chapter ends with a series of instructions on how to avoid straying into this path of the wicked. Emphasis here is on being deliberate, thoughtful, and careful. Much of the language used involves this concept of paying attention rather than being careless. In the same way, a person's words and speech should be focused and direct, not manipulative or deceptive. It's notable that scripture warns against turning from the path of wisdom, regardless of which direction one goes. Do not swerve to the right or to the left implies that God that God's wisdom is already perfect. Let me say that again. Do not uh, stumble off the path, but keep your feet on the right path implies that God's wisdom is already perfect. We can't improve on it, nor can we do better, even if we're convinced our direction is right. So yeah, that was uh, Proverbs 4. Uh, Now we're going to be getting into the... Uh, Next passage, which is Galatians 3. So yeah, this is the word of the Lord. Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. 
Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed the good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey the, all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, It is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life but christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law while he hung on the cross he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing for it is written in the scriptures cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree through christ jesus god has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child and notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. This is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise for if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement, but God, 
who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So yeah, that is Galatians 3. It's such a powerful passage uh, talking about our faith and that law was only a guardian to us until Jesus arrived. Really made me reflect on this. Uh, let's let's break it down together. In Galatians three, uh, Paul continues to make the case that faith in Christ is all that is required to be justified and to be made righteous in the eyes of God. Paul also continues to write with great urgency. This matters deeply to him. The Galatian Christians had believed in Jesus and began enjoying their freedom in Christ. Then a group of false teachers, known as the Judaizers, showed up. These men, who were from Jerusalem, agreed that it was necessary to believe in Jesus. However, they also claimed that in order for a non-Jewish person to truly be included in the family of God, the men must be circumcised and all must follow the law of Moses, which is, is a wrong practice for Christians. Um, there's nothing extra that we can add on to the gospel. It is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So Paul begins this chapter by calling the Galatian Christians foolish for beginning to believe such teaching. He then presents three separate arguments for why it does not make sense for the Galatians to begin to follow the law of Moses. First, uh, Paul talks about the Galatian believers' own experience of coming to Christ. Not only did they see Christ crucified in Paul's teaching, they experienced firsthand the arrival of the Holy Spirit after they believed. Often in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit demonstrated God's power in some supernatural way when coming to indwell new Christians. That had apparently happened to the Galatians. Perhaps they spoke in tongues or experienced some other supernatural event. In addition, 
uh, they saw miracles happen through the work of God's Spirit. Paul asks them directly, Did the Spirit come from God as a result of your hearing the truth by faith, or did it happen by the works of the law? Since they had not done any works before believing in Jesus, uh, the clear answer is that God sent His Spirit in response to their faith. So what then uh, do they really have to gain from following the law? Second, uh, Paul begins the quote begins to quote the scriptures. Uh, perhaps the Galatians will be persuaded from the same parts of God's word the Judaizers are distorting to mislead them. Paul shows that the scriptures have always pointed to God's blessing coming by faith and a curse from God coming through the law. Paul states flatly that people of faith, not people of the law, are Abraham's children. After all, Abraham was counted righteous or justified for believing God. Not just believing in God, he believed God. He believed God's promises. And God told Abraham that all the nations would be blessed through him. Thus, those of faith are the ones blessed among the, among the nations of Abraham. Paul then quotes Deuteronomy, Habakkuk, and Leviticus. Paul then quotes Deuteronomy, Habakkuk, and Leviticus to show that the law brings only a curse to those who fail to follow it in any way. It's not about faith. It's about action. Since all people fail to keep the law in some way, Christ had to pay the curse with his own life. That's how he redeemed those in slavery under the law, so that they could be justified by faith in him. Finally, Paul presents the, to the Galatians a legal argument. Covenants are legal documents. As such, the covenant God made with Israel recorded in the law did not undo the covenant he made with Abraham. The promises of that covenant remained in place all the way until the arrival of Jesus, like I said before, who legally claimed those promises. Now, all who come to Christ by faith are entitled to share in that inheritance and to share the gospel with others, to share that inheritance with others, including non-Jewish people known as the Gentiles, like you and me. We were Gentiles. In fact, the legal, that legal transaction gives believers a permanent standing as God's children. So now we're not Gentiles, we are God's children. Whether Jewish, Greek, slave, free, male, or female, all are one in Christ. All are one in Christ, since all are equal heirs to the inheritance God promised to Abraham. Galatians 15 through 29. So yeah, that is uh, Galatians 3 and Proverbs 4. Um, I hope you were able to learn something new today, and um, I pray that uh, God will guide you and um, reveal new things to you in these uh coming days, and uh, hope to see you on Sunday. Um, my name is Thad, and uh, yeah, I will see you in the next episode. Well, hey, 
We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and were able to take something away from it to apply to your daily walk with Jesus. Our hope and vision for this podcast is that it would be used as a tool and resource for further discipleship in your home. Catalyst was created to appeal to both students and their parents, so we will be releasing a couple of episodes per week filled with talks like today, deep dives into other scripture, and equipping lessons to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you liked our content today, be sure to follow us on Spotify. That way you are able to stay up to date with each episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, we want you to know Jesus, grow in Him, and go out to share the good news. My name is Thad Risto, and I will see you in the next one.